Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. I want you to go to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. And then we're going to also be reading from Luke chapter 4 today as well. 1 Kings chapter 17. And uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 1 today. I'm not going to, well, I have not planned on taking a lot of time today. We'll leave that up to the Holy Ghost. But I have not planned on taking a lot of time. Because I know some of you need to go home and rest so you can be back here tonight. Uh, and so I want to try to honor that. But I also realize that there's some people here, your harvest is on the horizon right now. And God has brought you here. Hey, so by God, God has brought you here this morning because he's ready to release a harvest in your life. And he has caused a lot of things to shift, a lot of plans to be canceled, and a lot of things to go right, and some of them even to go wrong, so he could get you right here, so that what you have planted will begin to be reaped into your life today. And so that has to come through the word of God this morning. First Kings chapter 17 and verse 1, and Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead of said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here, turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow to provide for you. I have commanded a widow to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar and see I am gathering a couple sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die and Elijah said to her do not fear I need somebody to push about three people don't push them down now just tell them do not fear come on tell somebody do not fear Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. 
For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went, went away and did according to the word of Elijah, she and her whole household. Look at somebody and say, this harvest that is coming to me is touching my whole household. Ah, y'all about to get there. And she and her whole household ate for many days. And the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now, I want you to quickly go over to Luke chapter 4 and verse 25. Luke chapter 4 and verse 25. Praise the Lord. And we're going to read just a portion from there. And then we're going to pray. And you can be seated after that. Verse 25. Jesus is talking because he's in his hometown. And people don't know how to honor him. And they don't know how to receive from him. And they think he's just the regular old Jesus that has showed up. But he's trying to tell them you've got to understand that if you've got faith and you know how to honor the call and honor the office, there's a harvest that can come your way. Verse 25, but I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months and there was a great famine throughout all the land, but none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. I just want to preach for just a few minutes from the title quickly chosen to prosper ah, chosen to prosper matter of fact I need you to lift your hand and say in Jesus name I have been chosen to prosper and one more time in Jesus name I have been chosen to prosper all the backs about to get it and one more time in Jesus name I have been chosen to prosper. Give him praise if you believe that now. Now, Spirit of God, do what you want to do here today. You've brought me with a word because you desire to release things in and through and for your people. These are a great people. They have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus and they have been given your spirit God so preach and communicate to them any any communication barrier that may be in the, in the way today I ask that it be brought down God and I pray that you would look upon my availability and not my ability and let an anointing rest upon me and on your people today oh Lord that we may receive everything that you have for us in this house today and I thank you in advance for what's about to happen now spirit of God move like a river throughout this auditorium and even the people that are watching right now and I decree and declare the harvest is here if you agree today I need you to shout amen and give God a praise for his word before we preach you may be seated in the presence of the Lord 
Oh, amen. I felt when we was reading the word, it's amazing to me how you can just read God's word and the stuff in the atmosphere has to go away. It's amazing to me how you can just stand up and begin to read God's word and all of a sudden people start feeling a little lighter and feeling a little more joy in their spirit. It's amazing to me how when God speaks a thing that if we will position ourselves, all we have to do is receive it. Push your neighbor one more time and say, neighbor, he don't need your help. Amen. Now. I want to just real quickly, just in case you're new to this ministry, I've been preaching for about five or six weeks on uh, not just giving. Because when you say the preacher's preaching on giving, all of a sudden folk get tight. But that's because you've been from a religious place. That's because you've been raised in religion instead of raised when you have a relationship with God that says, I will not withhold any good thing from you. So you get tight because you see God as a taker and not a giver. You got to realize God ain't never took nothing from you. God, God, is so, God is so committed to giving to you that when it came time to give his most precious possession, he gave his only begotten son. And he said, even if you don't choose him and even if you don't accept him, I'm still going to give him that yet while we were sinners, Christ, ah, Christ became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. So he's so he's so committed to being a giver that you know he won't let you outgive anything. You you can't outgive God in anything, not just your money, but I'm saying nothing. You can't outgive God. God's saying, He said, there's one place in the Bible, and I'll let you try me on this, and that is just see if you can outgive me. Oh, hallelujah. And because you can't outdo it. Now, just, just push your neighbor and say, give him three and a half minutes for a recap real quick. Three and because I got to kick some devils out of some people right quick. Now, I told you way back, I don't know how many weeks ago, we are tithers. We are tithers. We are tithers. That does not mean, and people say, well, that's the, old, that's the Old Testament. That's the Old Covenant. That's under the law. I didn't tell you we're tithers according to the uh, order of Aaron. We are tithers according to the order of Melchizedek. You see, Aaron's lineage fell away, but Melchizedek said he is a priest forever. And Christ comes after the order of Melchizedek. And the Bible says, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees one day. And he said, listen, they said, we are sons of Abraham. And he said, no, 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 no. If you were sons or the seed of Abraham, then you would do the works of Abraham. But now I know you're not the seed of Abraham because you don't do the works of Abraham. What was one of the works of Abraham? He tied to Melchizedek. And the Bible says, y'all better get ready to shout for this. The Bible says that we are the seed of Abraham in Christ Jesus. That lets me know that whatever God blessed Abraham with, I am blessed with. Why? Because I am in Christ Jesus seated in the heavenly places. I am the seed of Abraham in Christ 
Now, stay with me. I want you to understand something that many people, when they look at the covenant of the Father, the only thing they ever realize or the only thing that they ever partake of or the only thing that they begin to accept by faith is salvation. In other words, it's, it, there's a mindset, and it's, it's really a lot down in the south as well, but there's a mindset that says Jesus died for me, and I have a covenant with the Father only to be born again. Oh, I feel that devil now. Amen. I knew I was going to poke until he rose his head up. You got to understand something. Jesus didn't just die on a cross for you to be born again. He died on a cross for you to be born again. He died on a cross for you to be healed. He died on a cross for you to be in one with him. He died on a cross so you could be blessed. He died on a cross so you could have peace. He died on a cross so you could have a sound mind. He died on a cross so your family could be restored and your marriage could be put back together, I tell you today, receive the full covenant of God. Receive the full covenant of God. Hallelujah. You see, the issue here is, uh, is that until you get a revelation of this, you'll never put a draw on it. And so, therefore, the church has to go out and beg people for money to try to reach souls. The church has to go out. Y'all know my, my soapbox and sell broke down Converse that somebody's done put a hole in for a dollar at a yard sale to go out and waste everybody's time for 10 hours to try to raise $56.26 so we can try to reach some souls. And I'm telling you, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I'm telling you that all the silver and gold are God's and we are his covenant kids. That's what I'm trying to tell you today. The Bible tells us that there were many widows. Everybody say many widows. There were many widows in the land during that day. But Elijah was only sent to one of them in Zarephath. Why is this? There were many people who were in her same situation. There were many people facing her same circumstance. And there were many people that were in her same condition. But why did God have the prophet walk right by them? I'm going to preach today in just a moment. Why did God have the prophet walk right by them, step over them go through a city where widows were begging for money and come to a place called Zarephath and not just Zarephath but a place one widow in Zarephath I'm going to tell you why y'all ready she was chosen to prosper she was chosen God put his hand. I, I know there's some other things that I'm about to preach on them, but I'm just trying to get you back to where we started. He, she, she was chosen to prosper. God said, there is a woman in the backside. You've got to understand what Zarephath was. Zarephath was the center of Baal worship. It was the center of a place of idolatry. It was the center of a place where God said, if there ain't nobody in that place that worships me, I have found one person that I have chosen to prosper and she has the faith to put a draw on who I really am. 
Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You got to get this today. There were many, many widows in the land. But, but let me, can I tell you your circumstance? This is where I'm really about to kick some religious devils. Your circumstance does not attract God's provision. Your situation does not attract God's provision. I know they told you that if you're broke, you just stay broke and God will show up. But if he did that, then he would not be, he would not be in line with his own word. Because the Bible says that whatsoever a man whatsoever a man sows, that they shall reap. So your situation and your circumstance and your condition is not what is attracting the power and the prosperity and the provision of God. It is your seed and it is your faith that believes that he is who he says he is. Oh, my God. So think about this for a moment. I, 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 felt, some, I felt some religious devils go then. Amen. We have been diligent to teach and preach this in the, uh, in, in the kingdom of God. Now think about this. If you didn't, if we wasn't diligent to teach and preach this, then what you, would re- you would think that just because you face something, you're entitled to something. And I'm about to go there right quick. It's amazing to me how many people feel they are entitled to something that they have not sown for. They are entitled to this, and I'm entitled to that. This happened to me, so therefore I am entitled to this. This happened to them, therefore I am entitled to this. This is a poverty mindset, and it is from the pits of hell. And as long as you think you're entitled to something because of what happened to you, then you ain't never never going to receive what God has already got for you but when you realize I am done and I'm away with the world's way of thinking and I'm going to pick up the kingdom way of thinking then you'll realize it really don't matter what happened to me it don't happen really don't matter what happened to my grandparents it don't matter what happened to my family the Bible says if I sow I shall reap my God This entitlement mentality is trying to creep in the church. It's anti-biblical. It's anti-biblical. It is not in line with the Bible. God said, I'm not a respecter of persons. He said, so I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to give you the same opportunity that I give the pastor, and I'm going to give you the same opportunity I give the prophet, and I'm going to give you the same opportunity I give the apostle, and I'm going to give you the same opportunity I give the evangelist, and I'm going to give you the same opportunity I give the teacher if you're willing to sow into some good ground, and I'll give you a harvest just like I'll give anybody else a harvest. But if you keep your seed, I do not give seed to the eater but I give seed to the sower and if you'll sow your seed into good ground I'll bring a harvest in your life just like I'll bring in their life yeah there we go now we about there so the widow listen I want you to know something I'm just in my introduction stay with me the widow could have the widow could have came up to Elijah and continued to pour out her sorrow story 
You know, it's, it's like sometimes when we're working altars down here and somebody wants to grab me and, and, and keep you for eight minutes telling about everything that happened in their life. I'm like, gum, I had the anointing, but I don't know if I got it now. Amen. That stirred some of you up right there. You want to know why I'm trying to get you to that place? I'm trying to get you to that place for, for you to realize your situation is not what is attracting the power of God. It is your faith that puts a draw on the anointing that says, I believe God can shift something in my life right now. Glory be to God. Can I say something else that's going to, I got to kick one more religious devil out of here. If it was your need that brought the harvest, then the poorest people on the face of the earth would be the richest people on the face of the earth. But can I tell you something? It is not your need that brings the harvest. It is your seed that brings the harvest. And God is saying, if you will plant, I will bring your harvest today. There we go. Hallelujah. Now watch this. Ah, we must never embrace a mindset that says God will show up uh, because of what I'm going through. Stay with me now. I got to drive this all the way out of people. You want to know why? Because some of you have been replacing circumstances for faith. And I'm telling you, your circumstance is not what pleases God. Your situation is not what pleases God. What you're going through and what's been done to you is not, is not what's pleasing God. He said, there is only one thing that's going to please me, and it is your faith. So we can, you know, we, we can get all, sometimes we don't even know why we're not getting breakthroughs when we pray to, some of us been anointed so much, can't nobody hold on to you. My God, you slick, you so slick, you, you got in the driver's seat and slid all the way to the passenger seat over there. Oh, yeah. But you ain't received nothing. Why? You can only receive it by faith. There is no other way to receive anything in the kingdom of God except by faith. You can't even get saved if you don't have no faith. You have to have some faith. And the Bible says that faith is yesterday. It don't say that. The Bible says faith is tomorrow. It don't say that. The Bible says that now faith is. It's present. Glory be to God. It's present. That means that when you come, whether you're being prayed for or whether you're grabbing a seed out of your pocket to say, God, I need a harvest or whether you're going before the throne because you've got some backslidden children or whether you're sitting there and somebody's done something bad and you don't know when this storm's going to end regardless of what it is, I want you to know your faith is right now. Hallelujah. Let me give you these quick few things and then we'll... We'll try, to, we'll try to get out of here. Think about this. What, 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 what was it? What was it that caused, I mean, like Jesus would be so unpopular in today's culture. 
Because Jesus had a way. I, even, the, even the man of God preached about it last night. Jesus had a way to walk through a whole city. <laughs> I promise you there were needs everywhere. But wouldn't stop until somebody called out to him. Jesus would not be popular because, because culture says that Jesus is fair. I know you might think that, and I know somebody told you that, but it ain't. There are some people looking at me like cows with a new gate right now. I thought Jesus was fair. Then tell me why he only take three up on the mountain of transfiguration and left nine to sit down at the bottom of it. I'm telling you right now, I, I know why God's got me on this thing right now. He is causing some faith to arise in some people right now that's saying, I'm going to go after God no matter what. I can't wait on you to go after God. I can't wait on you to go after God. I can't wait on my family to go after God. I can't wait on my ministry to go after God. I'm about to go after God for myself. I realize what he has me doing right now. Yeah, Jesus ain't fair. It ain't fair. Y'all done heard the saying, favor ain't fair. It's those who put a draw on him. It's those who are willing to obey. Glory be to God. If Jesus was fair, why did he call John his beloved? Can you, I'm, I'm about to get in with it, but just stay with me. Can you imagine being the other 11? It's like we, we, got, we got a staff of 12, and then when you introduce everybody, you say, now that's the one I love. <laughs> now, am I preaching the Bible or ain't I preaching the Bible? See, I got to push that out of your mind and push it out of your heart because you've been getting jealous over people who have been getting blessed and you don't realize you ain't seen their seed, baby. You, you're just judging their harvest, but you have not seen what they have placed in the ground and now you're judging them over it. <laughs> ah, so just a few things. What, what, what caused this prophet to pass through everybody else and come to this one widow? She had an ear to hear and a heart to receive a word from God. Now think about this. As I look up here, I, there, there are many different people on many different levels walking with Christ. You have people who have just started and then you got people that done been in it with for a long time. Amen. You got people this morning that are hungry, and then you got people that are here because somebody made them sit here. You, you got people that came to put a draw on God, and you got people that came because somebody told them they had to come. You got people that came here this morning because they, wanted, they want their business to prosper, and then you got people that came and said, God, I want your presence. All across this place, you have a various, you got a, uh, the, the, the reasons vary for why people are sitting in this church. But this is what makes the difference. There is a difference, the differences here is the people that have an ear 
to hear a word from the Lord and a heart to receive it. That's when things begin to shift because ain't everybody hearing the same thing right now. Some people are hearing all he wants is money. Some people are hearing, well, here goes another sermon on giving. Some people are hearing, man, I knew about giving before you were ever even born. Some people are hearing, I done heard the best message that's ever been taught on it. But some people are hearing, God is making a way where there is no way. And if I can grab a word, then I can get out. I can get out of where I am. So many different people are hearing many different things. She had an ear to hear a word from God. You have to know when you're in the presence of a prophetic word that is being spoken over your life or else it can go right by you and you can miss your moment of harvest. This may, be, this may seem elementary to say this, uh, but, but this is the big issue with the American church right now. Many don't have an ear. Push your neighbor and say, I have an ear to hear what the Lord is saying. Many don't have an ear to hear. So right now, what all is being said? And who are you listening to? And what are you listening to? Oh, my God. Uh, many come to church. Stay with me now. Matter of fact, this probably is tweetable. Or whatever. Many come to church to hear what they want to receive instead of receiving what they need to hear. Many come to church. Many listen online. Let me go through this preacher. Let me go through this preacher. I'm listening for what I want to receive instead of receiving what I need to hear. One has to do with your feelings. The other has to do with your faith. Ah. One is sparking an emotion. The other is bringing a supernatural change into your life. Oh. That's the reason you got some folks sometimes they say, uh, well, you know, I, 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 know what, I know what that preacher said, but I ain't receiving that. They got the whole I ain't receiving it crowd with them, you know. I am receiving that. Well, it don't matter if you're receiving it. If it's a word from God, it's a word from God. And if you don't receive it, you're just hurting yourself. Hallelujah. I, I felt last night when the man of God said a few things, I knew, I told him afterward, I said, sometimes we just got to fix some stuff. And I could tell there's, there was probably some people talking about I ain't receiving that. It don't matter if it's a word from God. You're messing yourself up if you ain't receiving it right now. You've got to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And this is the reason why all, every church, every single one of them in Revelation, Jesus says, he who hath an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, let him receive it. 
because not everybody is hearing the same thing. And what are you trying to get to me, Pastor? I'm trying to tell you right now that if you don't have an ear to hear from the word of the Lord, then you ain't going to receive your... You ain't going to receive your harvest. But if you can get a word from God, you got something to stand on no matter what's happening in your life. You see many in the, can I, can I just go a little deeper and then I'm about done. Y'all say, many in the body of Christ say they come uh, before the word of the Lord or the preached word of the Lord for confirmation. Stay with me. But in reality, they are looking for, they're not looking for confirmation. They're looking for affirmation. They're not looking for confirmation. They are looking for affirmation. Confirmation is confirming what God has told you to do or how you to feel. Affirmation is affirming what you want to do and how you want to feel. And God is saying, that ain't up to you. You are mine. You have been bought with a high price. You ain't even your own. This woman had an ear to hear the word of God, a heart to receive it. If she did not, she would have said, let me tell you something. You ain't getting my last meal. I don't know who you think you are. And I don't know what you think this is, but it ain't. You ain't getting my last meal, but let me tell you something. When the man of God spoke, something triggered in her. Now I realize why he had to walk by everybody else. Because she had something in her that said, I know when God is speaking to my life. I know when God is triggering me to do something. I know when I feel a quickening from the Holy Ghost. And when I feel that, I know that it is time now to act and obey. Stay with me. Number two, I got to get to this one if I don't get any, anything else. I told him last night, I said, I'm going to teach a little bit today. Number two, she refused to allow fear to control her destiny. Can I just talk to some folk for a minute? It's amazing to me how many people in the body of Christ are allowing fear to control their destinies now. Fear is controlling so many people's destiny. It's one of the things I've never seen in this story right here. It's in verse 13. It just jumped out at me this week. Listen to what the, the prophet tells her. Do not fear. He says, before we go any further, I got to kick this devil out of your life. Because as long as you're holding on to fear, you're, ain't, you're not going to be able to walk in faith. Elijah tells this widow who is about to make her last meal for her and her kid and then die. He says, do not fear. In other words, for you to walk into the destiny God has for you, fear has to leave and faith has to show up. Beloved, that's the reason why oh, somebody shall preach, preacher. That's the reason why many churches that embraced a spirit and a mindset of fear last year are struggling right now. They don't even know how they're going to make it. They ain't got nobody showing up and, they, and there ain't no more stimmies coming, so they don't even know what they're going to do. And if they embrace Embrace the spirit of fear. The doors are closing. Why? Because you can't sow fear and walk in faith. Ah. 
You can't preach fear for, listen, preacher, listen, pastor. You can't preach fear for eight months and then all of a sudden want to walk in faith. There is a harvest that is coming. That's the reason I just refused to do it. I said, we'll go down with the ship if we got to. But I refuse to stand up here and preach fear. I refuse to stand up here and spread fear. You know, there ain't, but you know where fear comes from, right? Where? Hell. Hell. That's it. God does not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Watch this. He just said, turn over there to Revelation 12. Watch this. And they overcame him. Revelation 12, verse 11. And they overcame him. Everybody likes to say the first two, the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony. But there's one other thing that helped them overcome him. Y'all ready? And they loved their lives not unto death. Jesus said, if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you shall find it. Where is this message that needs to hit the church right now? Because when you really grab a hold of this, it'll kick all the fear out of your life. And then you'll realize God didn't set me up to fail. He never set me up to lose. He set me up to win from the very beginning. Ah. Oh, somebody shout, do not fear. No, I said shout it. Come on, shout it. The seeds of fear never produce a heavenly harvest. Never. So if you're dealing with it today, just get rid of it. Get rid of it. Fear pushes you into greed. Faith pushes you into giving. Fear will cause you to focus on sorrow. Faith will cause you to focus on sowing. Fear will attract the demonic in your life. Faith will attract deliverance in your life. Fear will produce poverty in your life. Faith will produce prosperity in your life. Fear will cause you to doubt the will of God. Faith will cause you to discern the will of God. Fear is always the voice telling you not to obey. If you wondered what voice that was, that said, don't do it, don't obey, don't give, don't sow, don't tie. You want to know what voice that is? It's the voice of fear. One more thing and then she, she had to overcome the temptation to allow her faith to remain in thought form. Uh, let me take this off, brother, because I, I feel like Hallelujah. She had to overcome the temptation.
to allow faith to remain in thought form. Can I tell you why much of the church is not seeing God move? It ain't that they don't have faith. They just let it remain in thought form. They just let it remain in a place where they think it, but they don't ever act on it. Push your neighbor and say, he's about to help you. Listen up. The Bible says that faith comes by what? By what? By what? Hearing and by hearing the word of God. Now, this can be done through a rhema word or it can be done through a logos word. Either or. Most time it's done through a rhema word. God gives you a rhema word and faith rises in you. Now listen to me very carefully. When, that, when, you, hear that, when you hear that word, all of a sudden faith has to come from hearing. Now to, you, you, don't, you might not realize it, but it comes to a thought. That thought in your mind now begins to wonder, is God really able or is God not able? That's the reason the Bible tells you, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the what? The renewing of your mind. Why is that? Because if your mind is not being renewed, then when faith hits your ears and goes to a thought, it can't go any further. And this is why the church is being held back, because faith is remaining a thought and never being acted on. Stay with me right now. And so therefore, faith comes into your ear and runs through the mind. And after it runs through the mind, it gets seated into your heart. It's down in your, that is the place that you believe. Therefore, if it never reaches there, it's never a really, a real belief in your life. But then after it's in your heart, it begins to come out of your mouth because the Bible says that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then the Bible also says there is power of life and death in your tongue. And therefore, when you begin to speak a thing, all of a sudden now you realize if I can say it, I can begin, uh, I can begin begin to walk in it and if I can begin to walk in it now God's gonna manifest it in my life but most of us leave it right here I just think God will do it what made the prophet pass by everybody else to this woman Watch now. This woman refused to allow faith to remain in thought form. But she allowed it to go and act. Faith is action. That's faith. That's the reason when we pray for people, I tell them now, do something you could not do before. Well, I don't know if God's going to show up. Well, just sit down then. Faith is acting. Now, check this out. If you see this woman, if you see what this woman did as nothing but a meal, you've already missed it. This was this woman's seed. It's the same as you planting right here. And God brings a harvest. And I hear some people saying, Pastor, you don't understand. I've been planting and ain't seen no harvest. Well, I know what you're talking about. Come here, Pastor Antoine, with that. Come here, Molly. Go up there, please. I got this old tree right here. Thank you, sir. 
I got a bunch of pots down that side of my house. It looks like I'm out there trying to grow marijuana or something, but I'm really not. Amen. I've got some trees. <laughs> that stirred some religious people up too, didn't it? <laughs> but I got this tree right here. And, uh, and so I, I went to somebody uh, last fall and they gave me some, some uh, seed. Now, the seed is not just a small seed. It's like, a, it's like an acorn that's uh, probably about as big as round as a, a bottle cap, a water bottle cap. It's hard. And I planted those seeds in these pots, right? And it was after the first two, three weeks, I was, you know, I was throwing some water on, had them in, and I mean, it wasn't nothing. Nothing but some dirt. Matter of fact, if you would have watched me out there watering these pots, you would have said, this joker done lost his mind. Ain't nothing coming out of them pots. You're out there just wetting dirt, man. I'm glad that my family's my neighbor because they already know I'm crazy. Amen. I ain't got to worry about nobody else. But if you would have seen me out there Matt, if you would have seen me water, you would have said, man, this cat's crazy because even after the sixth and seventh week, wasn't nothing coming up, man. Now watch. After about five months, nothing had come up. And me and Lisa out there, we're out there in the yard and Lisa said, what are you going to do with those pots? I said, I'll tell you, I'm, I, I'm ticked about it now, by now, you know, I'm just, because I claim to have a green thumb and I can't stand something saying I can't grow it. That's just the farmer in me. That's the gardener in me. I get it from Jesus. Stay with me now. <laughs> I get it from Jesus. He was always found in a garden somewhere. Anyway, so after about four or five months, I, I, Lisa said, what are, you, what are you going to do? I said, I'm just going to go throw them stinking pots away. I'm sick of it. I've been out here. Water, my lab been watering these things. I done positioned them right in the sun. I done done everything I knew to do. And for what? Nothing. So I walk over there to the pot. And I hadn't looked at them in about a week and a half. So I walk over there, and one of them had a little sprig coming out of it about an inch. And I said, look right here. I mean, I'm about to throw them all away. I'm about to give up on my harvest. I'm about to give up on what I had planted. And all of a sudden, I walk over, and I see some life coming out of the dirt. I said, hold on, I ain't throwing them away. I, I know I got at least one plant coming up right now. And watch this. And then over the period of about three, what, three weeks, all of them came up. Now I'm talking about after five months of nothing. Nothing. I'm, water, my, I'm watering dirt. So I thought. 
So it came time to transplant them, to bring them into a bigger pot because I had two or three in each pot. And I dug down, I dug down to, 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 to bring the plant up. And some of them are only like an inch, two inches. This is kind of like one of the biggest ones of the trees I planted. Well, most of them are like an inch or two inches. And I dug down to get it. And when I pulled the ball up, I realized it had roots about 10 inches long connected to it. I realized my harvest had been growing the whole time. I just couldn't see it with my natural eyes. <laughs> Can you see that right now? see it with my natural eyes but that thing been growing the whole time church come on stand up I'm about done some of you are about ready to give up sowing you're about ready to give up on your harvest some of you are ready to give up on your kids because they won't come to church and they act like they don't want nothing to do with Jesus. Some of you are about ready to give up on your marriage because every time you look around, it just seems like it keeps getting worse. Some of you are about ready to give up on serving the Lord because you don't see any breakthrough. Can I tell you, stop looking with your natural eyes because there's something growing under the surface, baby. It is bigger than what you ever thought it would be. And there's a time coming where what's under the ground is going to pop out of the ground and your harvest is going to come your harvest is going to come it has to because whatsoever a man sows that he shall reap and God just had me walk by drive by a lot of other places this morning drove by Baptist places, Methodist places, Pentecostal places, non-denominational places, places that claim to be white, places that claim to be black, places that claim to be mixed. I drove by a lot of other places, but God said there's some faith in this house this morning to bring a harvest in some people's life. So you got to go by some other places because there's a widow that has an ear to hear what I got to say. And she's ready to receive it. That's what's happening here. So I just stopped by. Ain't going to take up any more time. I just stopped by today. To tell you. Abundant life. You have been chosen. To prosper. I walked by a lot of other places. But I decided to stop here and bring the harvest. Lift your hands all over this place. Those of you at home, lift your hands wherever you're at right now. I know you sense the anointing on you. I know you sense the presence of God on you. I want to just, I'm going to take about four or five more minutes and I'm going to pray for you today. 
and I want to pray for some people that's in this place right now and you this word was for you this morning you, you don't know if it was for your neighbor you don't know if it was for the person that you brought with you you don't even know if it was for your spouse your kids you don't know who it was for but you know without a shadow of a doubt this word was for you and you're saying God I'm before I leave this place I'm gonna put a draw on your anointing I'm gonna put a draw on your power and I'm gonna let my faith come and reach to where you got it because I've been sowing for a long time and I've been fooled by what I've seen with my natural eyes but the man of God said don't be fooled by what I see within the natural but look under the ground because there's something growing deep down and sooner or later it's about to pop out of the soil and you say that's my word right there I need you to get out of your seat and come and just stand I'm going to pray for you in just a moment just real quick today just stand right along in this altar we're about to have a word of prayer those of you at home I'm about to pray for you or wherever you're at but I'm telling you right now I felt the Holy Ghost tell me son this morning you're going to bring the harvest to them now if you don't have faith to receive it I understand and that's fine you got to have an ear to hear this word but if you do I'm telling you everything's about to shift in the name of Jesus I don't know when the plant's going to pop out of the soil all I know is that it's growing do you know how long we prayed for revival do you know how long I've sought God for an outpouring before I was a pastor, I said, God, use me to bring a revival to this nation. For 12 years, nothing. But all of a sudden, over the past three weeks, we see a plant coming out of the soil. Lift your hands all over this place. Now, Father, today I came and brought the word that you had me to preach, God. I realize I stirred some stuff up, Lord, but I did it with truth. I realized, God, that I broke some chains, and I thank you for it. I realize today some thinking has shifted, and it needed to happen. Today, God, in the name of Jesus, there's people, your dear people, the people you love, the people you have redeemed, the people that you have called, the people that you have put your name on. God, today, some of them are ready to give up. They're ready to quit. Because they ain't seeing nothing come out of the soil. But Holy Spirit, however you got to do it, I don't know, I'm not even telling you how, but however you got to do it, let them know something's growing underneath. Something's growing deeper. And you're going to appreciate it when the plant pops up. Because then you can transplant it without it dying. Ah. So right now, I pray for every person at this altar today, every person across this building. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, bring strength in the name of Jesus. 
I decree and declare they will live and not die and they will declare the works of the Lord. I decree and declare their faith will not give up. But they will, they will fight the good fight of faith and they will see their harvest in the name of Jesus. Now I speak and decree and declare that prodigals have to come home in Jesus' name. I decree and declare that harvest has to come. I decree and declare that every seed that is sown is growing in the power of Jesus' name. And there is about to be a breaking through the soil for the glory of God. Now lift your voice all across this place. Come on, those of you in the congregation, I'm going to dismiss you in just a moment. But Those of you watching, I'm gonna, I'll dismiss you in just a moment. But I'm telling you right now, you don't just run out of an anointing like this. Because God is saying, listen, what you've been looking for, what you've been praying for, what you've been sowing for. There's an anointing that's about to make something grow in your life. seek God I know it's been hard but I'm telling you you just got to keep walking out there watering that thing every once in a while and you got to believe that if God said you plan you plan it is going to come up Pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.